Dr. John Raymond is the president and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin. He joins us live in the studio for the Milwaukee Health Brief. Dr. Raymond, good to see you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, John. I want to ask you about something that really, really struck me. When I got an email, you and I were corresponding by email last night to kind of prepare for the segment. And I never noticed this in your email before, but in the signature of your email at the end of it, it says, I respect the need for work-life balance. I will send and respond to emails outside of normal business hours because that works best for me and my position at MCW. However, I encourage you to set boundaries around the times you will engage in answering emails guided by your job role and preferences. This struck me because I think we were actually corresponding late at night. I'm a kind of guy that I have meetings in this show during the day, and so I do a lot of email and a lot of stuff late at night. And I sometimes think, I hope people don't feel like they're obligated to respond. And this really struck me as a great way to talk about boundaries and to set expectations. Have you always had that in your signature? No, it's new. And, you know, there's a growing awareness that people want to do good and they want to really work hard for their organization, but that it's important that people set boundaries. And, you know, by nature of my job, I do need to be available 24-7, 365. But that doesn't apply to everybody, especially our staff who really have families and their job description doesn't really require them to be available on the weekends or in the evenings. So that was part of just allowing them to set boundaries that work for them. I applaud it, especially because you are the big boss. I mean, you run the organization. So a lot of times when someone gets an email from their big boss and it pops into their inbox at 1045 when they're trying to go to sleep or at six in the morning, they really do feel obligated to respond because of the nature of the boss and the employee relationship. So good for you. That's really important yeah, stuff. Thank you, John. Uh, Wanted to ask you about a COVID. New variant, hospitalizations, rising, new vaccines in a month. Give us an update on COVID. We've had several cases here at our workplace in the last month with people being out now and the notifications going out. Are we entering a new phase? What What can you tell us about COVID? Well, it looks like we've consistently had a surge during the late summer um, in all years of COVID. And that may be a pattern that's going to be going forward in the future. However, right now... Um, the surge is starting at a very low level and not going up anywhere near to the heights that it was in the last two summers. So there's been about a 40% increase in uh, COVID hospitalizations in the United States over the last couple of weeks, um, maybe 10% here in Wisconsin. And um, the wastewater levels of COVID-19 are increasing in many communities, but not so much in Wisconsin. They've been relatively stable except for Eau Claire, Kenosha, Janesville, and La Crosse. But even there, the copy numbers are pretty low. Um, so we can expect that there will be a surge, but it's not going to overwhelm the capacity of the hospitals. A new vaccine. I want to ask you about the vaccine situation, because it's been a while since I've been told you can get a booster. Or there's anything new on that front. Fall is coming. Will there be a new vaccine available? What does that look like? It looks like there'll be at least one new vaccine available uh, the first one on the market will be mRNA. And this is a monovalent vaccine that only has one target. The boosters that we've been using the last couple of years have the original COVID-19 virus as one of the antigens and then um, some that were circulating in 2021-2022. The new vaccine is going to be targeted against the Omicron strains, and it'll be effective against XBB, which has been circulating now for the last six months, and a new strain called EG.5 or ARIS, which seems to be taking off. Um, so what I would say is if you're vulnerable, consult with your doctor. 
and make sure that this will work for you. So that would be people over the age of 60 and people with pre-existing comorbid conditions. And also check with your insurance company. It looks like the price point is going to be pretty expensive, about $110 per dose for this new booster. Um, I would, again, recommend this for people that are at risk. Um, The CDC hasn't made recommendations for people that are in lower risk categories yet. They'll probably make that recommendation sometime in the fall. Shifting gears, Dr. Raymond, pedometers, Fitbits, iWatches, all the things that track how many steps we take at a given day. I think we were conditioned to believe that 10,000 is sort of a target mark. If we want to be moving around, it signifies a a healthy bit of activity. Uh, Any new uh, details on that? Is that still a target number? Um, Yes. First of all, 10,000 is a good target number. But there was um, a recent meta-analysis that pooled the results of 17 studies across six countries. And what they showed was that... um, People that walked 4,000 steps a day still had about a 40% reduction in overall mortality and also a reduction of about the same amount for their cardiovascular risk. And then for every extra 1,000 steps a day that the person took, they had a further 15% reduction in their risk of dying. So 4,000 is a good place to start. You get really good benefit. But all the way up even to 20,000, they saw increasing benefit. So the the take-home message is 4,000 is good. But if you're doing 10,000, keep doing it. <laughs> right. So more is, is okay. So 79.55, that's my mark here today as we sit at 4.53. I've always tried to track more calories burned than I have steps taken. Um, and that incorporates a variety of different activities, right? If, if I'm swimming, I'm not logging steps, but it's certainly an incredibly healthy activity. So I set a target at 900 calories a day to burn that I try and achieve. Is, is that another fair way of looking at things? It is, especially for very active people that are doing multiple types of exercise. Uh, Less baby hospital options, especially in rural areas, maternity wards, places that specialize in delivering babies. We have listeners in a lot of rural areas. How big a deal is this? This is a big deal. Uh, There was a recent study that you showed me, John, from the Commonwealth Fund, and it showed that um, there's a decrease in the number of hospitals that are providing obstetrical services in rural parts of our country. And there have been 100 closures of rural hospitals in the last decade in the United States. And at least 20% of the remaining hospitals are at risk of closing just because of the finances and the difficulty of staffing up to have a 24-7 obstetrical unit. Um, And so that is a real problem. So for people that live in rural parts of our state, there are long wait times, challenging distances, maybe some insurance issues, a lack of prenatal care, a lack of postpartum care. And so all these problems compound to create risk for the mothers and for their children. Yeah, it's a big deal. Hey, Dr. Raymond, I, I must ask you about this because I know we spoke about it after it happened last December. Damar Hamlin, last December, Monday night football, suffers a cardiac arrest, a safety for the Buffalo Bills, an on-field episode. He's taken to the hospital. Many wonder if he's going to live. And not only is he living, but he's back thriving. And he was on the field, on the football field, last week in the Bills' preseason game. Can you put that into perspective, what he's gone through, how remarkable it is, the recovery, and his ability to play football again at the highest of levels? Yeah, truly remarkable. Obviously, he's a world-class athlete. But he had an episode of sudden death on January 2nd after he made a hard tackle. And it was probably from blunt trauma to the heart, that disrupted the electrical system and caused his heart to stop beating. That's called commotio cordis. Um, He has slowly tried to recuperate from that, and he's just lucky that he was 
playing NFL football where they had um, highly trained staff that could administer CPR immediately. They had an automated external uh, defibrillator device available and were able to resuscitate him very, very quickly. But it's so inspirational to see that he actually was able to play in a preseason NFL game. Um, first, he, he played on special teams, and then he um, started his normal position of safety and made some hard tackles. So I know you usually ask me about the good news of the yes. week. I can't think of anything better than that remarkable story of resilience and recovery. Very well said. Dr. John Raymond is the president and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin. You always make time for us. We always appreciate that. Thank you, Dr. Raymond. Thanks, John and Greg.